Rams win the Super Bowl, but did the halftime show outshine the game? Bitch dudes must be destroyed. And we go to war with Motley Crue and Rack in a glam throwdown coming up on the plug. Listen to the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy, and with me, Metal Mike. How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going, Big Bushy? I'm doing all right, bro. You know, trying to make it anyway. Pretty stoked. I'm stoked. I know I probably sound subdued right now, but you know, not to worry. When 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 the uh, debate starts, it, it'll be pretty good. I think it'll be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to find out all the reasons Metal Mike is wrong. Okay. <laughs> you know. Well, okay, let me prefer, there is no right or wrong here, in my opinion. <laughs> There's definitely not. Uh, there isn't. This is all subjective, folks. It's just, pathetically you so. know. Uh, exactly, pathetically <laughs> so. You know, we should use that pathetically subjective as our tagline. Um, um, <laughs> it's funny you say that, because I've got some news that I'll bring it to you here uh, before we get into the topic today. Uh, that I think is going to um, surprise you, please you. I think it's cool. Okay. Well, fuck. Don't don't keep us in suspense, Pathetic, bro. Pathetically subjective. That's that's awesome. Uh, I have started a Teespring store for the Plug Podcast. No shit. And I am we're trying. Gonna, we're gonna have merch. Yeah. Uh, by the time this show gets up, I should have at least ten different items up there. And uh, you know, just a logo on black shirt. One will say Team Bushy and logo. You know, a black shirt, oh. one that says Team Metal Mike, because I just think that'll be fun, little friendly competition. Um, you know, coffee mugs, shit like that. So we're going to start working on new designs, too. <laughs> right on, man. Well, I just ordered a, a Metal Mike shirt from the TMS site, because this girl that I've been talking to, she's like, well, well, I want one. And I was like, only if you model it for me wearing nothing else. And she said, deal. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I, like, I, I need an extra, extra, extra small. <laughs> right, right. No shit. You know, um, 
Uh, well, it's the girl I showed you a photo of a while back where you're like, Jesus Christ, metal bike. So, you know, a good friend of mine, you know, she's sweetheart and a big supporter of what I do at that metal station. And nice. I'll just have to tell her about this, too. She'll probably want one of these as well. Yeah, yeah. Once I have it running, uh, like I said, by the time this episode drops, um, I should have all the details and I can put the link right in the description um, at Podbean. Uh but yeah, that's that's one of the things we have on the horizon. I do have to apologize that as of this recording, our last episode still isn't up. Uh, we, <laughs> had the, we had the great top five Iron Maiden albums. But dude, I had it done. It was edited. It was complete. But I never took it out of audacity. Went you to didn't bed, extract it? Didn't extract it. Went mm-hmm. to bed and through the overnight hours, my laptop did its weekly reboot update update yeah trying to sell me or give me you know windows 11 and i'm like fuck well all my things work with windows 11 i don't know yet but it closed everything down and completely lost the episode because my dumb ass didn't extract it so now i've still got about 10 minutes of it left to edit as of this recording but it will be up this evening oh well i'll make sure i shit uh I make I will make sure I share the shit out of it later on tonight. Then outstanding, uh, yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, um, the band I spoke about last week, week and a half ago, uh, that uh, Earth Collider, I ended up getting a hold of a physical copy. So I went back to the guy. You know, I got the digital download, but they didn't have any CD options. Well, he got a hold of one of his bandmates, had him send a bunch of CDs over. So I was able to buy a CD from him. You know, so, you know, physical copy. And, uh, dude, he gave me this Earth Collider t-shirt. I know, that's awesome. And uh, a couple awesome. stickers to go with it, so that was pretty badass. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to send some of that Earth Collider my way, bro. I wanna check it out. It's good stuff, I can get it to you, absolutely. Cool, cool, yeah. Yes. You know me, I always wanna hear new music, you know, so. Oh, yeah. And that's a really cool, badass name, too, Earth Collider. I, like I know, it. and I like not, as old very... as I, not as old as I thought. Uh, you remember when we spoke, it was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they broke up. It's pretty recent. The album came out in 2020, so. Oh, It's not okay. like it's old, even though it's got a very thrash punk feel about it. It's good stuff. Awesome. Well, you know, I, I like thrash. You know I love thrash. Oh, I yeah. Punk. yeah you Without punk, it. you don't have thrash, so, you know, it's a very important component to the thrash metal sound, just as much as the uh, metal part of it is. Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Bushy called it. Rams win. Yeah, I know. Good game. That was a Super Bowl where I was just kind of like, all right, I'm a Steeler fan, so it's going to hurt if I root the, for the Bengals. But yet, the Rams was my old home team, and Stan Kroenke can fuck off eternally. Now he puts on a winning product. Now he does. When he, you know, Which, I mean, apparently St. Louis sued the shit out of him. He owes us, or owes him like a billion dollars or some crazy shit. Oh, wow. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it, I, yeah, so honestly, I didn't really, I, I didn't even really get to watch much of the game. I was at work, and I had to pass oh, bills to a lot. So I got to see bits and pieces of the game and bits and pieces of the halftime show. So honestly, Bushy, I can't really give you like an analysis of what, how the show was, how the game was. I mean, what I saw of the game was cool. It looked like a really good competitive game, and I expected it to be. Yeah, it definitely you was. Know? The uh, the halftime show 
when they announced who was going to be on the halftime show, I was immediately excited. And I never get excited for halftime shows. You know, Aerosmith let me down. <laughs> You know, my so. um my my co-host of the Metal Mike show, Bildo for real though, man, he was pretty excited because as much as Bildo loves rock and metal and and the blues and all that, he he's very much when it comes to old school hip hop and rap, oh, he yeah. loves that stuff too. So he was really like you know, um, but you know, dude, stupid Dre. Once they started, I gotta say, I was immediately a young soldier in the barracks again, dude. I, I'm bumping. Mm. You know, and then 50 Cent showed up, and I lost my fucking mind. I'm like, oh, my God, he wasn't even supposed to be there. It was just all-around killer. You know, all the guys that hate rap, I'm not going to say because they hate black people because that would be wrong. I don't want to say that, that they're all crotchety old fucking men on my Facebook page. <laughs> well, but, but can, they, can I interject something on their behalf? I, I don't hate on old-school rap. Let me yeah, throw it that was, out It there. was absolutely I, a joke. I don't think any of my friends are racist. I actually, I honestly, you know, uh, to play devil's advocate, I guess. Oh, this um, guy again. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying, dude. Um, like, I, I did like some old school rap and, and hip hop, but I was always at the same time like, man, I'm a white boy from the sticks. I can't really relate to a lot of what they're talking about or singing about. I mean, some of it I could. Right. When I'm talking about getting high and shit. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I can do that, you know, and, and stuff. But, um, but I, I guess there's, and especially guys older than us. I mean, I just know there's a lot of dudes older. They just no rap at all, you know. Now they they like it, you know. They'll like like funk even or soul or or, or uh, you know R and B, uh, you know Motown. But right. when it comes to hip hop and rap, man, it's just like you know they just. I mean, and that's cool, yeah, man. Look, it's, it's the whole. It's not thing. music and blah blah blah. I, I've heard has, the arguments. I, I, I say it to my daughter today about her rap. Oh yeah, like a lot of today's rap and 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 a lot of today's it, it, it's it's fucking garbage as far as I'm, I mean. For one, why is everybody whispering and mumbling now, and not just in rap but in music in general? It's like, would you speak the fuck up and and speak clearly and coherently? Like, what the fuck, man? But hey, you know what? I'm not the target audience. I know that, and if. They like it. I mean, I think one of these days they're going to get older and go, what the fuck was I on? Why was I into this shit? You know, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, hey, whatever, you know, it's, it's their thing. It's right. their music. It's whatever, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of young people here that are all about the K-pop. I don't get that either, but you know what? Whatever, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, for me, I, you know, I was excited. I was excited, but the same old schlock keeps coming up. Um, oh, it'd be cooler if they were playing. Oh, it'd be cooler if they weren't lip syncing. It's the Super Bowl halftime show. The last person to do it for real was Prince. Yep. You know, it, and I, and I think it's NFL rules. Yeah. I, you know? look. But look, I watched that halftime show both hammered. And then two days later, <laughs> after I wasn't <laughs> foggy anymore, because I, I, I tend to get a little twisted on Super Bowl Sunday. If you could tell their lip syncing good, you know, good on you, I couldn't tell. <laughs> right. Because you know, I'm uber familiar with all those songs that were played. The only argument you can make is maybe 50 Cent. Maybe he was lip syncing. But I don't know. I don't know. I know all the little interjections that were put into there that are not in the original recordings. 
it seemed real enough to me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, people came at me because I said this was the best halftime show since Prince. And it's like, what about Tom Petty? What about the Who? And I'm like, dude, fuck you. This is the first time it was ever a rap show. They've never had just a straight up rap show. And they bring like the biggest. I mean, I don't know if 50 was the biggest. But when you got Dre and you got Snoop and you got M, you got Mary J. And they're paying tribute to Tupac as well. <sighs> dude, it was fucking great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Right. You know, I, I saw people cool. bitching Eminem took a knee. I'm like, who cares? And I think it was our buddy Stephen Kirsch was like, what, nobody's going to talk about this? And I said, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> okay. Nobody cares. We're over it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's I, not shocking. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, I really have nothing to, to offer on any of it um, other than, and I know some people are like, well, what are they going to have? You know, I mean, even I'm surprised that Metallica has not done a halftime show yet, just Which because let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. They're the biggest metal fan on the planet. Um, so and ultimately, I think, it, I think in, uh, I, I, you know, I I'm sorry to, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt like that, but I think they're a rock slash metal band. That's accessible, especially these days. Sure. You know, because they're always bringing in these older artists when they're going to represent a genre. Everybody knows Metallica. And you can see YouTube video upon YouTube video of React to Metallica videos by people that you might not think would actually listen to Metallica. And they're blown the hell away. They love it. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I certainly understand the argument for Metallica. Well, and I think it will happen eventually. It's going to happen. Metallica, to me, is just too big of a band not to. It's. I think it'll happen eventually. You know. Now, who they're going to have perform with Metallica, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe it may never happen. But I would be shocked. Ah, now they could pull off a halftime show on their own. Oh, they could. Prince but, did it. You're, you're, Michael Jackson you're, did it. There you're was no other Metall artists. You don't think Metallica could fucking bring a special guest? I mean, they, they could. could. They and they might. You know, it all depends. But you they know can I mean? carry it on their own. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I said, they're probably the biggest metal band ever at this sure. point in time, you know. Um, well, I, I highly recommend you go watch the YouTube video of the halftime show. Even if it's not your thing, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it was well done. That's that's my take on it. Uh, congrats to the Rams. Definitely congrats to Matt Stafford. I know he's been kind of douchey ever since he won in the news a little bit, but uh, what? How? How has he do? How's he been douchey? What do he do, man? A uh, a reporter. He watched her fall off a stage or something, and he just walked away from her. Come to find out, she fractured her back. Uh, oh, you know, so it was kind of a douche move, you know. Instead of, I think it's bad. <laughs> a woman falls, but help the bitch get up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah you know, unless she's slapping you in the face and slips, it's like, well, that's what you get, bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do they have this on film or just yeah, yeah, work? Yeah, oh, yeah. wow, yeah, it was during, wow. their, it was during their parade or some shit. So, <laughs> damn, <laughs> yeah, classless, but congrats anyway, because all those years with Detroit, you deserve the win. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about bitch dudes. And, uh, bitch dudes. Bitch right. dudes. Dudes are just bitch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I mean that as derogatorily as I could possibly say it. You know? Uh, I got a buddy. All right. That uh, He's a full-blown raging alcoholic. 
Okay. You know, from the time he's awake till he passes out, he's drinking. So he's uh, he's he's the Barney to your Homer. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely yeah yeah okay. Um, quits jobs just because he doesn't like something that happens. You know, very. I'm mad now, so I'm quitting. Did talk shit about people, <clears throat> but also tries to act like he's you know more important than anybody. Well, uh, we worked together here at this job. We worked at another company together, and uh, same thing. He walks out. Now this dude, he um, you know, we're we're friends, but he annoys me because you know, I know he has depression issues. But he's another one of those that kind of crutches on his depression issues, as opposed to handling. Oh, your you mean issues. somebody who uses their ailments as an excuse to act like a fucking cockknocker? Is that yeah, what you're telling me? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody that my nephew Kane says is spineless little bitches, you know, because he feels like, hey, I have schizoaffective disorder, which, by the way, is a combination of bipolar and schizophrenia. Right. You, know his you know what he says? He goes, hey, I take my fucking medicine. Exactly. And well, certain people out there the... that say, I've had a psychotic break. My nephew's response was, bitch, you don't even know what a psychotic break is. But end of mini rant there. Continue, my friend. Okay, so uh, I get a message from him. Uh, it would be Thursday at almost 10 o'clock. Now, I know that means he's been up for about five hours. He's already drunk. And uh, dude, it's random. It's, I don't like Nevaeh's boyfriend. I, be, I don't even have to meet him. A 20-year-old who dates a 60-year-old, let's get rid of him. First of all, he's not 20. <laughs> you know. I say, uh... Uh, that's not your place, dude. I've met him. He's very polite. Always ask my permission to even see her. And he goes, so he's a polite pedophile. That kind of irritates me. I said, he's 19. And uh, North Carolina Romeo and Juliet law says he's not. Because they're only three years apart. And uh, she's not under 16. If she was under 16, it would be an issue. And dude, here's where the bitch stuff comes in. I don't care if you were to say I'd never speak to me again because of this. So I love both of you like family... But I also know the kind of person that dude is. Haven't I proven that I know people by now? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, this is like some soap opera shit. I'm talking to a What fucking... the fuck? Is this guy a drama queen or something? Dude, Jesus it, it, is a 30, it is a 30-year-old dude. But I had to put it on blast because it's such bullshit. And uh, I said, uh, no, you haven't. And you don't know the kid at all. Nevaeh has known him since we moved to Newland, you know, from New York. You think you know things. And he says, well, shit, I guess this is the end of an era. And it goes on to say, I knew it was coming, but I didn't expect it to happen so suddenly. I hope you enjoy the rest of your life, and I hope it's with Angie, which is the girl I'm dating. As far as Nevaeh goes, I want to be there for her, but I can't. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Am I reading General Hospital scripts? <laughs> what hold on, hold on. Like, uh, uh, how long have you known this guy? Uh, since I moved out here. I worked with him at the first place I got a job at. And how long have you lived down there? Three years. Man, has it been that long? Didn't feel like it. But still, who the fuck does this guy think he is? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like, what the fuck? It's 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 like almost elementary school because I'm like. I kind of never said anything about you not uh, about not being your friend at all, but it is high time you do your place where it concerns my daughter. I'm the one that makes decisions for her, no one else. If that causes butthurt, do what you must. Because <laughs> you know, I, I don't care. I, 
and he, you were my friend. One other thing is that I hope you know that I never had any sexual intent with your daughter. And I'm like, whoa, what? 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 <laughs> like, I, I never thought that anyway until you just said something stupid. She was like a submarine out of time that I could protect. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I've lost so many others over the years, and that should explain why I've acted the way I have throughout our entire friendship, even though it's over now. Whew. <laughs> uh, Whoa, dude. What the fuck? Listen, guys out there that are young, if you have mental issues... Please go get help. Please become medicated. enough to be your dad because I'm actually as old as his dad. And me and his dad are friends. Go get some help. And don't be writing your dude friends when you're drunk a breakup letter like you're talking to a chick. <laughs> Bitch dudes must be destroyed. Yeah, well that's what's wrong with the world today. You just said bitch dudes, man. It's like I'm telling you. Man, they, you know, there's so many of these young guys, they, they're, they're like chicks. I don't fucking get it, man. Um, I don't, I don't know what society's done. It's almost like sometimes I feel like they're demasculating them. Oh, I'm sure. You know? Well, Sean Penn's coming out talking about the, you know, the demasculization of, of men. <laughs> Whoa, we've gone too far. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know that Sean Penn had said anything about that, but you know, um, he did. That's uh, that's pretty bad because Sean Penn is a fucking weirdo as far as I'm he's, concerned. He's he's boy he's so, out there. Yeah. I do have some news. We do have a new review. Before oh we, yeah yeah cool awesome. Before we get into our uh, battle royale here, um, <laughs> this is a uh, five star review. Came in on the ninth. And it's titled, uh, Cool People Dig This. And this is from someone called Trash Burner. I have no idea who that is. And he says, only moronic people who don't have jobs and live with their dad would hate this show. The show rules. (laughs) Wow. All right, man. Well, um, what's the guy's name again? Trash Burner. Trash Burner. Trash Burner. You fucking rule. Thank you for that review. Pretty good. Got a pretty good idea who you're talking about there, and I pretty much concur. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he who uh, shall not be named. 
Right. You know, then, then um, there's gonna be videos of us. <laughs> probably, if there isn't already, you know. Right. Um. Uh. Whatever. You know, when it comes to that guy, but no, uh, trash burner. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it, man. It. it it's nice to get positive feedback, and, and and also folks out there, you know, there's other ways to give us reviews. I know there's like Pod Chaser. There's even I think on our Facebook page you can write reviews. You know, oh, yeah. you don't always have to use on Apple. the group or the like page, yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Let us know what you think, man. Whether it's good or bad, man. If it, but okay, if it's bad, if you could at least try to tell us why it's bad or what you don't like about it, you know, other than saying stupid shit like pathetically subjective, because I'm going um. Aren't all of these type of podcasts subjective? Kind of yeah. like I I don't know anybody's like yes we are the objective podcast like we're the fucking news which let's be honest the news ain't even the news anymore I mean get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that bullshit absolutely what was that guy's yeah. name again Trash Burner and uh, no a lot. the other guy the pathetically uh, subjective. oh I don't know Nick the Dick Nick the Dick that's yeah. it fuck <laughs> you, Nick the Dick. No. it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You know what? It was probably Nick the Dick who sent you the text fucking crying to you about Neve. It's probably his alien. <laughs> That's oh, all right. Anyway, bro. All right. All right. So it's time. It's time. Yes. Yes. Um, this was kind of an idea I had. It was inspired by a show that I used to watch, and I know Bushy probably watched it too, uh, That Metal Show. They used Fuck to have yeah. this whole segment they do called The Throwdown, and I'm like, well, hey, you know, why don't we do something similar to that? And and we're going to do this from some time to time because it's something that me and Bushy are wanting to get into the habit of starting to record because I have a certain day off the week, and we're wanting to um, – which, by the way, this Tuesday, though, I haven't still come up with a, con- uh, a topic, brother, and I got a date. So if we can wait till next Tuesday, since you already got one episode coming out and recording right now, yeah, would yeah, that that's be fine. okay, my friend? That's All fine. right, cool. So now we might still heart start. Me and her might start hanging on the regular on Tuesdays because that. But we've already talked. I'm like, well, it'll have to be after I get done recording with my boy, and she's like, that's fine. So anyway, nice. So uh, yes, uh, this was just an idea. It's something because sometimes with the, the the weekly episodes we're going to do that we record, it's going to probably be easier subjects like your top fives, your 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 throwdowns, stuff like that. You know where uh, where on the weekends that I'm off, we we may record episodes where we'll have a special guest, so to speak, right. and 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 those will be more you know involved episodes. But yeah, this was just something I thought would be a lot of fun. You can do a lot of different bands and matchups, and there's always people that debate on who's better. And really, that's all it is. It's just a debate, guys. This sure. is a lot of friendly fun. I don't hate on the other band. Okay. Vice versa. Vice versa. Right. Exactly. We're just saying who we prefer, and there may be matchups where we're both going to be like, "Hmm, I think we're both kind of on the fence or the same side with this band," but I'm still going to try to give points of how the other band could be better or what other people say about that other band. Those are for future episodes. But yeah, man, um, I'm really looking forward to this, man. So yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, a glam throwdown. Oh, you think I've got a people's Bible 
the underrated versus the overrated, in my opinion. Oh, boy. <laughs> here, here we go. <laughs> well, you, I, okay, okay. Let's leave the overrated part out of it. Do you think Rad is underrated? I feel they are. I feel they are. Well, consider they're one of the first of the glam metal bands. They're part of that first wave, Bush. Yeah. And they don't get the credit they deserve, I don't think. I think they're rated exactly where they need to be. All right. I, I really think they do. did some things, though, that hurt themselves. And I'll go into that, you sure. know, that may have caused some of this. But yeah, I think they also, it was sad because when all that whole thing happened it was interesting i i uh just recently listened to the rock all over you podcast which by the way excellent episode edwin and uh um eric uh, rmcp and they had uh, mick wild that guy's hilarious by the way on there um they did ozzy osbourne's no more tears and they were talking about the period when that album came out and how at that time was kind of an interesting time for for just music in general because the battle lines hadn't been drawn up to that point, Bush. No, you that's know, around the time Nelson was coming out too. Nirvana was coming out. There's a lot yeah, of weird a stuff. A lot of different stuff. You yeah. know, you had your Faith No More. You had Metallica still doing their things. You still had the whole thrash metal thing going. You had the rise of grunge, as it came to be known. You right. had, you know, and alternative. You had Ozzy doing his thing. And, and, and even the... you know, uh, even the glam metal bands were still going pretty strong then. So you kind of had a lot of different things going on. Guns N' Roses was going strong. Pretty sure Guns N' Roses released Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 the same day and No More Tears came out. So I never really thought about it like that before, but he's absolutely right. Um, I remember that time period and remembering loving it, really, just for that reason alone, because you just had so many... For me, there were never... Even when metal kind of became a dirty word or whatever i was like you know i never understood because i'm like well why can't i like allison chains and iron maiden like i didn't right. understand why there was a uh, or rat for instance we'll just use rat because it, it really seemed like at the time it was just open war on glam metal i mean even nick uh 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 Carrie Keenan Slayer said, he goes, you know, grunge kind of pushed us back or set us back a bit. He goes, right. it really fucked up the glam metal guys, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it seemed like there was a huge, huge blowback, especially to the first wave bands, which, and even the which I thought was a bit unfair. I'm like, well, Hey guys, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. And even if you don't like something, when you hear stories about how people are spitting on these guys when they're playing on stuff, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't understand that kind of behavior. I never have. If, if there was a band playing and, and, and they were opening for another band I was there to see, I just went and got a beer right. or whatever. I never fucking booed the band. I've never, you know, because, man, it, it takes a lot of guts to get up there. And fucking perform in front of all them people. All right, I know this just is my experience of doing, you know, open mic night and and stand up comedy. It ain't it ain't fucking easy going up for all them. No, no, not at all. And, I, I just did you know, small bars, you know, when I was right. playing in bands. So it's right. Yeah, it I always easy, had stage man. fright. It ain't easy, okay? And and when you're fucking throwing quarters at them and fucking throwing shit, it's just not cool. Not at Very all. Very dickheadish behavior. But I'll tell you what. Let's be honest. These glam bands of the 80s, boys, some of them deserved it. I mean, at least Trickster figured out, and they're not a favorite of mine, okay? But at least Trickster figured out that you could wear the 
plaid shirts and look grungy, but you still have on your tight jeans and still be pretty with your long hair and not have all that makeup. At least the image was changing. Okay, I'm not saying Trickster is a good band, even though I like them. I'm saying at least the image was changing. They were so a young you... band trying to blend the oh, images. Oh, okay, so this is interesting coming from you. So you're telling me that you could kind of see what caused the backlash? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you have okay. all these pretty motherfuckers out there with all kinds of lipstick and you don't know if you want to fight them or fuck them, I can understand how that would get played out. I mean, even bands like Crew. Crew was definitely not wearing makeup towards the end of their no. first run of their career. You know, they were, they no. looked metal. You know, they looked metal while they were still playing more of a rock and roll, a hard rock edge. You know, but they did look the part. You could see the change coming. Mm-hmm. You know? And, yeah. Uh, we could definitely get into all that because Rat's one of those bands I don't think ever changed their look until they were forced to because they wanted to make some money because they were tied up painting houses for a fucking living. Yeah, I said it. Molly Cruz still gets paid. <laughs> well, I think certain members of Rat still get paid because yeah. songwriting and publishing is sure. very important. I will uh, say this. But I, know, interest- I know, I know oh. who you're talking about there. Monster! <laughs> but here's an interesting take. This is a band where both singers were okay live back in the yes. day. Yes. And are both now not very good at all. No, no. <laughs> people still want to flock and see them. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, not going to lie. I would love to go to the, to, the, to the stadium show in Charlotte. My problem is I never know if it's actually going to happen. I am not buying tickets. Hoping. <laughs> hoping right. I you understand. Know. But I, you know, I'd still see them. I saw, I saw them on the crew at, uh, fuck, maybe 99, Crew Fest 2. That's the only time I ever saw them. It was the 25th anniversary of uh, Dr. Feelgood. So they played mm-hmm. that entire album front to back. And then like I'm six sorry. Hours. No, it was amazing. I love that record. <sighs> I love that record. All right. Okay. But yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them again, but I've never seen Poison. I've seen Def Leppard three times, you know, so whatever. But I've never seen Poison. <laughs> and that's the only reason I want to go to this show. Well, you should gonna, go. Am I going to pay that much just to see Poison? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I don't know if it's worth it. But this is going to be the great debate. Um, Motley Crue versus Rat and the Glam Throwdown. Who did it better? I guess maybe go album by album a little bit. Well, first of all, uh, I thought we'd give a little history of each band. I mean, we all sure. know who they are, but as far as like, you know, uh, you know, now, Rat were actually formed in San Diego in 1977, which I didn't even realize they went back. But they started out as Mickey Rat from 77 to 81. Gotcha. Motley Crue were formed in Los Angeles in 81. So Rat had kind of been at it longer. But then really the Rat that we know, and I'm talking the classic lineup, because I believe um, Robin was in a different band and members of his band and members of Steven's band is what ended up forming Rat. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we should definitely go by, by album by album. And I, I get, I, okay, the one thing I want to get out of the way right now when it comes to Motley Crue, where I do think they have the edge on, on um, uh, Rat, is I think overall, back in the day especially, um, they were the better live band, I think, as far as more exciting. I mean, I know Rat used pyro and shit, too, but um, 
I think Vince, when he was at the top of his game, had a lot more energy than Steven. And he can hit some pretty high notes now. You know, I mean, Steven Piercy's not really known for having an awesome voice. I get that. I understand that. I mean, I like his voice. But I could see why some people are going to go, yeah, well, you know. And like you said, both of them kind of just mail it in now, especially yeah. Vince, man. I'm, well, I the just thing is with Steven, I, I like his voice, but I don't call him a good singer. No. And the same thing with Vince. It just worked with what they were playing. Well, I will, I'll yeah. stipulate to that. There's certain vocalists that fit a certain style. Like, was Bon Scott the greatest vocalist? I'm so glad you said Bon Scott because I was literally going to say I like Bon Scott and he's not good. Neither is Brian Johnson, but it works. But it works. Exactly. It's a good rock voice. It's a good. But Bon's not going to turn around and see Neon Nights by Sabbath, okay? No, you know no. what I mean? He's, he's not going to try to create the right. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not a classically trained vocalist type of guy you know and uh you know and neither is steven um you know vince or steven were not and, and bond you know none of those guys were so yeah let's just get that out of the way but i think as far as overall like you know i mean motley crew man believe it or not sad to say i never got to see him i mean what i wanted to see him was when they were opening for ozzy on on, on ozzy's bark at the moon i heard that was an amazing show an amazing tour i never really got to see motley crew when i was into him and then by the time I lost interest, I just didn't give a fuck about seeing them, right. you know. So, I, you know, I was just like, eh, you know. Um, so anyway, let's let's start. You want to go album by album? Sure, sure. Uh, I don't have now, the wanna, uh, order I've in front of me, but I know what the I've debuts got, are. Okay, well, you know, I've got them in front of me. Um, so we got the EP versus uh, Too Fast for Love. Too Fast for Love came out in 81. 
Uh-huh. Um, Rats EP came out in 83, so Molly Crew was ahead more on the ball, it would seem. Yeah, because I know they released Too Fast for Love originally on their own label. It was yep, very leather small. Records. Run, leather Records. Um, um, now, I prefer the Rat EP over Too Fast for Love, but I really like Too Fast for Love a lot. It's not a perfect record, um, but for me, I like the EP better. But I mean, I'm going to go down the 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 uh, track listing for Too Fast for Love right now, and uh, we will fucking, you know, ob- obviously Livewire. That's just a fucking stone cold classic of a song. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, What a kick in the nuts for a band that looked the way they looked. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, even st- right off the bat, Motley Crue were very theatrical. I mean, Mick would set himself on fire. No, that was Dicky. Mick would was do the Nicky blood. Set himself- yeah. No, yeah, Mick. They'd, they'd Mick light did, his did, leg. Yeah, Mick did the blood, didn't yeah. he? You know, yeah, you know, he did the blood. So it was kind of like, okay, we're, we're going to have the lead guitar spit blood, and we're going to have the bass player set himself on fire instead yeah. of blowing fire. Yeah, anything um, to get noticed. Not only that, I think at that you gotta, this you got to love that. I, you know. At this point in time, Motley Crue, I feel, was wearing their influences on their sleeve. Uh, Motley Crue loved 70s hard rock and metal. They loved Kiss. They liked um, even, you know, the the um, the sweet and power pop and even a bit of punk. I hear a bit of punk on this album. There's a it's a it's it's a pretty eclectic mixture of influences, I feel. Um, and and something I hear you appreciate the album cover was of course a homage to Rolling Stones' 1971 masterpiece Sticky Fingers. So there you go, right there. That's pretty fucking cool. Right. But um, as far as like the other songs, like Public Enemy Number One, not a bad song. I know some people hate on it. I don't. Don't mind Take Me to the Top. Merry Go Round. Merry Go Round is fucking a little fruity. Merry Go Round. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like it. I'm like, okay. Uh, piece of your action. Oh, hold on, this bucket. is funny. Take me to the top is one of my all-time favorite Motley Crue songs. But oh, I like that song. It's because mishearing lyrics. Mm. I always thought it was take me to the top, to the top, and blow me. Oh, <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. That's, that's what you tell a chick, you know? Right. I was hey, all about it. I didn't realize it said throw me off. Yeah. <laughs> still, a, still a really cool song, yeah, though. I like absolutely it. Absolutely dig uh, it. PC Your Action, I think, is a really, really cool uh, uh, song. Starry Eyes, uh, not bad. You know, it's stick to your very guns. Hollywood. I dug it. Yeah. Come on and dance. Ugh. Come on and dance. I'm not a big fan. Um, uh, it starts off good, but it kind of loses me with the chorus, which, again, that's a fucking theme with Motley Crue for me. <laughs> well, see, well, for that song, I'll give you the, the chorus is bad. Uh, Too Fast for Love, the title track. Really, really cool show. And, you know, again, I don't mind even on with the show. I've heard some people bag on it, but I think all in all, all in all, very strong debut album. I dig it. Now, I got to be honest with you. I was a guy that discovered Motley Crue with the Shot at the Devil right. and then went back and got Too Fast for Love. But I loved it at the time, man. You know, and even as a kid, I think I did like, you know, take uh, uh, Mary Go Round and Round and Come On and Dance. It's just after over the years, though, I'm like, oh, man, this song, these songs have not aged well, in my opinion. But that but overall, that's what two out of two songs I didn't really care for out of a 10 track album. That's still pretty goddamn good. Right, right. 
No, it's definitely a great album. Um, I sometimes look at that debut as kind of a a demo. You know, and maybe Livewire should have been on Shout. You know, maybe. We'll get to that when we get to the Shout Out the Devil album. Uh, the Rat EP, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I don't listen to this a lot. Mm. You know, um, I did listen to it the other day. Nothing really jumped out at me except for Back for More. <laughs> you know, and that sounds like quintessential rat to me. My favorite song off this is, well, I like Sweet Cheater. I think that's a really cool song. Um, you Think You're Tough. Fucking love that song. I do I've dig always that love that yeah. song. I love it. Um, and these are all tracks that were written by Robin and Stephen Piercy, by the way. At this point in time, Warren and, and Juan had not really started contributing to songwriting. Um, Tell the World, Back for More. I like this version, but I'm going to be honest. I like the one on Out of the Cellar better. It's got more of a punch to yeah. it. Um, and Walking the Dog, cool cover. Um, I like this album. Is it, is it Rat's Best? No. No, we're, we're going to get into that in a bit. But w- here's the thing. where, Like I said, overall live show at the time, I think Motley Crue, hands down. Now, I'm not saying B- Rat were a bad band live. No. They're, they weren't. But <clears throat> but I think as far as like overall musicianship, I think Rat's just a better band, man. Better musicianship, better songwriting, better, like, I, I mean, for one thing, Rat's got something that your beloved Motley Crue don't, and that's the twin guitar attack, buddy, which I is know. something I know you love. I know, and so, much like Van Halen, it works. Yeah, okay, if you say so. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I disagree with that. You know, and, and it's not which taking anything away, is... because I actually like Mick Mars. He's, to me, I the most talented super... guy in Motley Crue, in I my don't opinion. Know. Tommy's a good drummer. Tommy. Tommy's a good drummer, man, but Tommy sometimes mails it in and oh. has mailed it in for a long fucking time. Let's well, just because yeah, Tommy he, don't he, give a fuck. Yeah, he did. He doesn't even want to play about like Cruise songs anymore, but he'll do it because yeah. the rent's got to be paid. You know, uh, and I get that, but you know, those first few albums, you know, in particular, ah, fuck that, all the way up to Doctor Feel Good, the '94 album, even uh, he's playing. I mean, that dude. Yeah, he's a good drummer. After that, Tommy's a good drummer. You know. There's yeah. even an argument to be made for Generation Swine having good drumming. Ugh. I didn't, I didn't oh, say it's a good album. About, yeah, okay. I you know, I got, I'm trying to be objective here. Oh, no, instead I'm... of pathetically subjective? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, shit. Now, which do you think is the weaker of the two albums? You know, one's a six-song EP. The other one's got, what, nine tracks? It's not like it's a full... The EP's a damn record, basically. What, Rats uh, EP? It is, yeah. especially if you get the European uh, version, because the European version has a song on there called You're in Trouble, which was, you know, so that's like fucking seven songs instead of just six. Nice, yeah, so that's like um, a record. It is. That's why I was like, I think this is comparable. It, these two, in my opinion, are kind of even Steven for me, because I am a Rat fan. I like this record. Uh, I, I don't hate it. Just yeah. so you know. Oh, I know you. I know, look. I know you don't hate Rat. Let's get that out of the way. I definitely way. You're prefer just the Motley, Motley Crue. You know the Motley Crue debut. But when you get to the second album, that's where, believe it or not, I well, struggle. let's just be real. Really? Now, see, I love Out at the Cellar. I do. I think it's the best Rat record ever. Mm. You know. Oh, I would agree. Hands down. You know, 
um, by far, you know, which I, and that's not to put down any of the other records after. We'll we'll get to the albums I don't like after. Um, but man, dude, shout at the devil is just a metal masterpiece. This is what gives Motley Crue an edge right here. As far as like, it's just a, I don't know though, man. I, look, out of the cellar, great fucking record great record i mean it's their masterpiece so i can see why people go "Ooh, which album is better but i have to be honest man you know and, and this is a rat guy saying this folks if i had to pick i'm gonna have to go with shout at the devil man I, there's not a bad song on this album as far as i'm concerned even i, I even like danger yeah it's a little goofy but you know, the lyrical content's not goofy at all. It's basically tra- talking about the seedy side of Hollywood, and I like yeah. that kind of stuff, you know? Well, the whole album's very dark, if you think about it. it uh, yeah, that's what I, and that's probably what I loved about it, you know? Because at this point in time, dude, when Shout the Devil came out, even when Rat was doing, you know, uh, there was no glam metal. It was just metal. Yeah. You know, and the people that were listening to this were also listening to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and right. all that good shit, you know? Like, we... We, there was no, you know, I mean, really, in my opinion, this is not really even, I'm pretty sure even here it's going to say heavy metal, then afterwards glam metal, hard rock. Yeah, this is a metal album. Right. probably why I love it as much as I do, because people have to understand, timelines, everything. Look, all I said uh, was I struggle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Because I think Timelines, everything, though. For me, this is my favorite Motley Crue album. This is... I'm telling you right now, as far as the original lineup especially, this is the best Motley Crue album, in my opinion. I don't, you know, again, it's my opinion, but I know a lot of people out there feel the same way I do. This is them at the top of their fucking game. And they were hungry, and they fucking were fucking, they wanted to set the world on fire, and in my opinion, they fucking did with this record, man. I I do Uh, not disagree. Bushy, what are your thoughts? Well, like I said, it's tough. It's tough because I am of the MTV generation. Yes. And Rat went a very twisted sister way with their cartoony videos with mm-hmm. Milton, you know with Milton Berle, which I loved, and, and the cross dressing and all that, I, and of course hilarious. the smoking hot babe. Oh and, yeah, dude, I loved it. I ain't gonna lie, I loved it because I loved the cheese factor. Even then, I thought it was hilarious. Ha, huh, Milton Berle in a heavy metal commercial. Oh, I loved it too. You I know, thought it was and- funny. But I, one thing that was always me, cool about Rad is they always had the hot chick on the cover until yeah. like, Reach for the Sky. And I love that about them, too. You know, it was like, hell yeah. yeah. Well, no, wait, no, until Dancing Undercover. But that's like, I mean, even the thing I liked about Botley Crew was every logo is different. They never have the same logo twice. I love that about them. Just because every band has that specified logo. The only Not thing every you can band. count on, the only thing you can count on with Botley Crew is going to have umlauts. Yeah, but you know what? There's another classic metal band that does not have a a standard logo. They have, like, several versions. They even have a little image that they use sometimes, and that's Black Sabbath. If you think about it, Black Sabbath doesn't have a standard logo, man. They 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 have the the Master of Reality-style logo. They have the, you know... A lot of it looks typewritten. Yeah, then you got your Black Sabbath logo from Never Say Die. They've got several different logos they've used over the years, and they always have that little demon that flies up in the air that, by the way, they also used when the Dio version reunited with Dio and Vinnie Apice and became Heaven and Hell, they had that little devil thing to let everybody know, oh, okay, this is the other version of Sabbath. Boom. You know, that's probably their most iconic symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Motley Crue. (laughs) But Motley Crue, 
uh, Motley Crue never had the same mo- uh, uh, logo. I, I, I like that about neither did Sabbath. Neither yeah, I guess I never. I guess I never. Where noticed. bands like ACDC and Kiss and uh, Iron Maiden, Dawkins. even Judas Priest experimented right. with different logos until they finally came up with the classic logo. But yeah, you know, yeah, most bands do have an eye-catching, you know, boom, iconic logo. Uh, yeah, Motley didn't. Well, yeah, Motley no, did not. Was, it definitely not. And their whole image changed first record to second record. Although I'm not going to lie, that's kind of one of those things I like about Motley, where everybody else just stuck with a spandex the whole time. They're out there in fucking leather. You know, that was cool. Then they come out in the second one, and it's like, I don't know if these guys are in, you know, shops. You mean they went from being Kiss clones to Aerosmith clones? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that outfit that Nikki Six wore that was exactly identical to Steven Tyler's outfit, and I noticed it even as a kid. I was yeah, like, that was, what that the was, fuck? That was theater. That was theater. Yeah, uh-huh, not Shout. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the look on Shout uh-huh, right okay. now. But yeah. as we go through every album, they're going to have a different look. They do. They that's do. What I, that's kind of they what do. I think about them. Yeah, but yeah, they, man. I mean, the the look they had was kind of a weird S and M. I will destroy you look. And you're right, very uh, Judas I, Priest. Um, yeah, I believe yes. Where where I'm looking at the track listing right now for the uh, out of the cellar, I'm like, man, one and man, you're in trouble round and round in your direction. She wants money, dude. There, there ain't a bad song on this record. There is not a bad song on this record. This song, this album is fucking amazing. And you got songwriting contributions from just about everybody in the band except for Blotzer. But there was a guy who, the guy who produced this album kind of explained it. That's kind of just the way they do it. Like, which has always bothered me because I've always been like, well, like, okay, like with Kiss, when Ace Frehley came up with those guitar solos, shouldn't he have gotten some kind of credit for writing those solos? Would any of those Kiss songs have been near as cool if you didn't have the Ace licks in them? I Probably would have not. to say not. Probably not. Okay. Very even, distinct yeah. guitar yes. playing style. And, and 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 I feel that way. And even if, if if a guy comes up with a cool drum beat to go along with the song, shouldn't that be counted as a contribution? But that's not the way they do it. It's melody no. and chorus. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh, these these two albums, and I don't know the years they were released. I'm sure they were. Um, Rat was released in 83, and so was Shout Out the Devil. They both okay. came out the same year. Okay, good. Well, that makes it even better because they're two completely different sounding albums. Um, the Rat album is definitely more polished. Yes, uh, Bow Hill, that Bow Hill production. Yeah, it's you know it's a really well-produced album, mm-hmm. but it's got more of a tinny sound than a heavy sound, if that makes sense. Yes. It's, it's not annoying. You know, uh, the guitar sounds on this album are fucking amazing. And, you know, and obviously, you know, Warren Martini is... <sighs> Shut up. Oh, man. yeah. And, hey, Robin Crosby at this point in time was ripping it, too, man. Yeah. So, it, it just... You know, they had you great got that, tone, yeah, great oh, sound. And, they, and, and, and a great twin guitar attack, which I yes, love that. I'm a absolutely. sucker for that. Uh, but it's... it's the, what separates this from the Shout at the Devil album is the heavy. And Motley was like, no, we're going to do heavy. We can still get some weird type stuff in there, but we're going to do heavy and we're going to yeah. do dark. We're not going to be happy and banging chicks, even though. No. Even even though danger, a you few. can make the argument. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, looks that kill. Yeah, um, yep, that one too, which is my least favorite on that record. Um, uh, Knock them dead. Well, even 10 seconds to love. I mean, that's a total fuck me song right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. God, but, I, but not the whole album. 
No, no. Not I mean, the whole in line. the beginning, the good always overpowered the well, evil. That's the other thing. The Alistair Fiend. I wish they would have stuck with Alistair Fiend. I don't know why like, they didn't. He was a cool were, mascot. They were getting a mascot. And maybe they thought, oh, no, that's too on the nose. Everyone else has mascots, so we're not going to do that. I, I have yeah. no idea. Or a lot it could of bands just be they were starting to get too fucked up. Because yeah. we know what happens after this album. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, you, you have to figure, man, you have, um, you, you, you know, like you said, they had Alistair Fiend, obviously. You know, Iron Maiden had Eddie at this point. Motorhead had Snaggletooth. So it was kind of, and I don't, you know, and even a, a few years later, Megadeth has Vic. So there yeah. were obviously a lot of bands that had, I don't know why Motley Crue abandoned Alistair Fiend, because I always thought he looked cool, yeah. you know. Um, I, 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 I always did kind of wonder what happened. He made a small appearance on the inside cover mm. of Doctor Feelgood. Was his reemergence? Really, I didn't see. I didn't. I don't remember that. Um, but then I didn't buy that record. I was going to when I heard Doctor Feelgood. But then a friend of mine bought the record, and I heard the rest of the album. I went, hmm, nah, no. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yes, uh, but this album. I mean, dude, there's not a bad song. You know, I mean, you could make the, you know, oh, too young for love, oh, fall in love's fucking played out. Looks My okay. I don't favorite, give a fuck. favorite, favorite Motley Crue song, too young to fall in love. Those fucking songs fucking rule. This fucking album rules. I'm I mean, you. knock up dead kid, red hot, fucking dude. I love dude, this. Dude, red hot. See, Tommy can't drum. Listen to red hot. Oh, Holy I know. Fuck. I, I, I know. Right. Wire. Yeah, dude, you know, I mean, Red Hot, man, and, and, and uh, just, which is a song written by Six, and of course, uh, uh, well, of course, Nikki and Vince, and even uh, Mick have some co-songwriting credits on that. Nice. Like, believe it or not, Vince has musical co-writing credits on that song. Well, that fucking song rules, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so, I'm with you. The, uh, the Edge goes to Botley Crew, but this is one where I say, it's hot. It's this close. one's I mean, close I mean, even for me. Maybe by a pubic hair close, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like it's, you know, and I even like their Beatles cover of Helter Skelter. Like, I think this is just a killer, killer record. Yep, I, I loved it when it come out. I loved both these records when they came out. I was all about Motley Crue and Rat at this point in time, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I tell you what, shout out the devil. I cannot listen to our greatest hits compilations because you must hear in the beginning first. Yes. It doesn't work. If I hear Electric Eye, I better hear Hellion first. Thank you. You know Thank what you. I'm saying? Thank that's you. Just how and it with is. Iron Maiden, you got well, I think there is that's not a separate thing, but with Iron Maiden, it's just that's why Iron Maiden did the whole revelations reading as part of the recording of Number of the Beast, because you yes. can't listen to it without it. Oh, yeah. you're going to be pissed at the at the editing on the uh, Iron Maiden episode. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Really? I, I didn't put the reading in. All right, dude, you're fired. You're fired. Uh, what the fuck, dude? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? All right. Okay, so. what came out after uh, Out of the Cellar? Because this is how much I know fucking rat. See, and that's a goddamn shame. Um, invasion of your privacy. Okay. Another cover with a fucking hot chick, Marion Gravati, Playboy model. She was also in the Lay It Down video. Um, Loudwire, believe it or not, ranked this as the eighth best metal album of 1985. Uh, dude, this fucking record rules, man. I re remember when this album came out. It was June 13th, 1985, which is the day after my brother's birthday. He would have been 18, right? Yeah, 85, I was 10. So he, uh, 
Yeah, and he had bought it, and and mom and dad bought him a Sony Walkman, <laughs> and uh, he just loved this record. He bought it, and we he you know walk around town, and 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 we also had our of course our jam box. So we listened to this record a lot in the summer of '85. Um, I just absolutely love this record. I still do. Um, I think it's fucking great. It's not as good as the first record, but it's a damn good um, follow up. I mean, come on, dude. You're in love. Never use love. Lay it down. Give it all closer to my heart, which is probably the closest rat at that point in time had come to like a power ballad because they didn't really do ballads. Right. Um, maybe that's another reason why I loved him as much as I did, man. And not that I'm anti-ballad. I'm not. I mean, I'm a Black Sabbath fan. I love changes. I love, you know, um, Ozzy does a, a lot about ba- uh, ballads. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not an anti-ballad guy, but... Um, and we'll get back into the ballad thing in a minute, because obviously you can't talk about power ballads without talking about the crew, you know. Um, <laughs> well. No, it's just, uh, well, because, uh, uh, I mean, uh, in a way, they kind of invented it, dude. I mean, in a way, you know, I mean, but we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, but I mean, between the eyes, man, what you give is what you get. Got me on the line. You should know by now. You should know. By now, dangerous, but worth the risk. I have a lot of great memories of this record. Um, I know it ended up, it, it was double platinum, so it was very successful in my opinion. Right. Uh, um, and I do believe uh, in the U.S., um, Out of the Cellar was three times platinum. So Rat were selling records. Now, yes. Motley Crue did outsell them. There's no doubt. You can't debate that. That's science, you know. Um with Rat, it was like they were, but they were a big deal. Like I was there, I remember, man. Rat were a big deal. They were on the airways with Motley Crue. I mean, Jesus Christ, they'd even appear in each other's videos, which was hilarious. Yeah, you know, I mean, these guys were buddies. You know, at the time, they were very close friends. And you know, um, uh, if you read Stephen Piercy's book, he talks about all that. Uh, so yeah, I absolutely love this record. Um, so. What are your thoughts, Butch? Oh, invasion of my ears. Um, I don't hate it, but I will say the stuff I like on it is from their greatest hits catalog. Uh, and I do think You're in Love is a banger. Uh, never Use Love, uh, whatever. Lay It Down kills. Oh, that riff? That absolutely kills. Uh, give It All Closer to My I Dude, I don't know those songs. Um, I know Got Me on the Line. I listened to it the other day. I was like, okay, I've got to at least listen once. I struggled to listen to the whole album. Really? Yeah, I I, I didn't dig it. Uh, okay. And it's weird because Rat's a band that I know I like. Yeah. But I know I'm also a very casual fan. Out of the Cellar, I had multiple copies of that, uh, much like mm-hmm. the Maiden album. You know, because I, I did dig that album a lot. Uh, Shout Out to the Devil, I didn't, didn't even attempt to bring into my house because... My dad, right. Stepmom at the time would have, I'd have been in a convent somewhere getting beat by nuns. <laughs> but uh, so how it, were you it, able to get them by them years later? How'd that happen? How'd I get what by who? King Diamonds, them. Like, how did you get that? You know, because dude, that's... because it looked non-threatening to her. It was a scary house on a hill. Hmm. That's not threatening. She didn't turn it over or see the motherfucker with the uh, makeup on in front of a coffin. She didn't see that. So yeah, okay, you know, man. I'm just saying because you, you know you said when you got crazy nights, your dad like went through the lyrics and shit, man. If he'd have done yeah. that with fucking them, he'd have been like, I don't think so, son. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, he would have had the uh, reaction that my uh, 10th grade history teacher Right, like, had. what the fuck? <laughs> right. Can I copy this so I can speak on this at church? Yeah, <laughs> which was awesome. But, but yeah, anyway. for me, we go to... Uh, no, they were still huge, man. So I guess I don't understand. Maybe you older guys, I understand. Theater of Pain comes out. Maybe I understand. For me, dude, I liked Poison. That first Cinderella album, I was right into the glam. Uh, and on were, this well, album, again, you're f- what five years younger than me, yeah. Right? And yeah, guess what? Five, five years like in the big scheme of things ain't that big a deal, but it is. It's, when it a, comes it's to huge in the music line. world. The way yes. the way the way the face of music changes every couple of years. I I absolutely get it. Yes, our our good friends Ralph and Ian always say, man, timeline is everything, and man, where are they not lying? First time I heard him say that, I was like, yes, yes. Because I'm telling you, man, I think maybe one of the reasons why I love Invasion of Your Privacy so much, it's timeline. It takes me to a place in my life that I was at, you know, when that album came out, I was 85. I was 14 years old going on 15, man. I was teenage, you know, full of fucking hormones and they're singing about hot chicks and, right. you know, and. And, and, and with hot chicks on the cover, and it was everything that I loved about the first, you know, wave, say, even the early second wave of glam metal, you know, I liked that, you know, and... Um, well, see, for yeah. me, the same reason I like Out of the Cellar so much, with their cartoony fucking videos, Motley Crue did that on this album, you know... With the whole uh, Smoking the Boys Room video. They did. They did. You know, it was very cartoony. I absolutely loved it. Even fucking Home Sweet Home was a very cartoony video until you get to the actual song. But the whole, yeah, I'm on my way. (laughs) It It was stupid. It still had the same bald guy with the weird ears. You know that made appearances in many metal videos because I'm well, that guy sure. Was, and, and yeah, he was. Um, oh, what's I think his he was name? in Choir Riot videos too. Well, he was. Like, he's from the Hills Have Eyes, dude. He's yeah, that, and he he was also in Beastmaster. And he was also in um, uh, Weird Science. He was one of the yeah. Vikings, remember? And we don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name. God damn it! But a lot uh, of people think, okay, yo, Motley Crue, they oh boy, they went over the top. They're trying to look like Poison. Poison wasn't even out yet. No, 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 no. Look, one thing you can say about Motley Crue at this point in time, man, you can't say, oh, they were copying Poison. No, they were not. Motley Crue at this point in time was doing, this was all, and I'm probably Nicky, because <laughs> let's be honest, he was the band leader. We all know who oh, he yeah. was. Yeah. He, this was deliberate. This was right. deliberate. I think maybe he was taking a page from, uh, a band like, say, the Beatles that were notorious for doing shit like this, for changing their look from album to album right. after a certain period of time. I remember when the first Beatles showed up, oh, they had the suits and tie because their you know, manager, Brian Epstein, he cleaned the boys up and right. made them look respectable somewhat, even though they still had a little bit of shaggy hair, yeah, which was, I, which was but, long by those standards. But yeah, come those on, long, you know, that long hair. <laughs> which wasn't that long, but you know. You know but yeah, Molly, like, so oh. you figure, I'm, I'm reasonably sure when Poison was fighting it out in the club scene, they looked exactly like they looked on Look What the Cat Dragged In's album cover. I'm positive of that. Okay, but Motley Crue... They were definitely the prettiest fucking thing that had been out at that point. Because the Poison album didn't come out to 86. 
All right, so Crew was there with that extreme glam look. You know, they went from S&M shop kind of fucking outfits to, damn, Vince is a pretty motherfucker. <laughs> well, know? again, though, they to me, it was very much like, um, yeah, they were wearing makeup, but it was very much like, it reminded me of Aerosmith. Uh, from the 70s, you know, um, they even had the fucking scarves on their microphones and shit. And that's Aerosmith. Man. Yeah, that's but everybody ended Aerosmith. up doing that, too. Yeah, but well, it was Aerosmith worship. Yeah, Steven dude. Tyler did it first. Me, Jesus Christ, man. Nikki had a fucking just like Steven Tyler's. I mean, it looked just like it. Oh, my that God. I, I could not get anywhere with this guy. He fucking cries because of the uh, oh, shit. What was it? There was another influence <laughs> that you didn't like that I had. And I, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue. And as soon as I started saying it, I lost it because I'm smoking over here. Oh, this guy, this guy, <laughs> fuck you, dude. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, well, now they're trying to look like Aerosmith. I was like, yeah, Come yeah. on. They did. They were, dude. Oh, that's what it is. You got mad at me for Bon Jovi because they just thought of themselves as a Springsteen band. <laughs> And I think that's just because you couldn't decide which was shittier. Yeah. God, I hate I hate both those bands. <laughs> I know it. But uh, Jesus if, if Christ. you tracks on this uh, Motley Crue. But you know what? I will say this. I'll say something nice about this album. Compared to those two bands that you just mentioned, this album's a fucking masterpiece compared to <laughs> anything <laughs> Springsteen puts out and pretty much anything Bon Jovi. Fuck those bands. But that's anyway. Fair. That's fair. Uh, City Boy Blues I Did Not Hate. I didn't think it was a strong opener at all. Uh, Smoking in the boys' room, like a terrible loved, opener. Loved terrible it. opener. Absolutely. Uh, Smoking in the boys' room. Love it, man. I had never heard the Brownsville Station version. Uh, I did end up getting that album. Oh, yeah. I still have it to this day. But the original, Motley did it way fucking better. Um, I think Louder Than Hell's great. Keep your eye on the money. That's just sleazy Hollywood rock. Home Sweet Home. Uh, if you ask me, that's what started the power ballad movement. It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, because, boy, what a what a song. Uh, Tonight We Need a Lover is probably my favorite on this. And it's just because I like the end of it where it keeps picking up and going faster and faster in time. Use It or Lose It is good. Save Our Souls. Raise Your Hands to Rock. Fight for Your Rights. I think they're great songs. I think it for for the time frame. I think Motley once again puts out the better record. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, um, City Boy Blues. I got the City Boy Blues. Um, it's not a bad song, really. Yeah, no. I know what they're trying to do here. Yeah. I, at the but, time, though. But not an opening track. What album? What album? What year did this album come out? It came out okay, June twenty first, nineteen eighty five. So. Just a week after Rats. I bought yeah. this record. Was excited for it. Loved Motley Crue at this time, man. I was like, what is this? It was very jarring to me from going from Shout to this. Right, you know, fair. maybe if Motley had started out doing more shit like this, it, it wouldn't have been as jarring for me. Um, you know, because to me, there's not much of a difference between Invasion and out of the cellar. I mean, say what you want, dude, but it's still fucking rat. It sounds like rat. It is rat. Agreed. Agreed. This is like, what the fuck is this, man? And now as I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, it's not a bad song because I like blues rock. I do like blues. It's not that bad, but I do think it's a terrible opener. I don't know what yeah, you opened the album with, but not that. Smoking in the boys' room. I was never a really big fan of the original. Come it was what on. it was. This is a fun song. Come on. Okay, dude. But I was never <laughs> like, yeah. 
Oh, neither was I, but it was fun. Now, the third track, Louder Than Hell, this is what Daddy's talking about. That's Motley Crue. It was actually written, and actually there was a recorded version during the Shout the Devil era. I like oh, this the, song. Nice, nice. Keep I didn't your eye that. on the money. Eh, it's all right, I guess. I sleazy guess. Hollywood rock. Yeah, <laughs> and the money. Okay, whatever. Home sweet home. All right. Believe it or not, I don't hate this song. Um, at the time, um, it, I was like, okay, a ballad. Again, you know, Sabbath, Ozzy has ballads. I like ballads if they're well-written. And this was a well-written ballad. I mean, you got that piano that Tommy came up with. And, you know, and I think uh, at the time, Vince still had it. So, you know, uh, good vocals. Talking about basically being on the road and stuff. And a lot of rock bands and metal bands have sung about that very subject, you know. Um at the time, I didn't mind it so much. And I thought the video was cool, too, because it kind of gave you an idea of what going to see a Motley Crue show was like and life right. on the road. And, uh, yeah. Did it get I gotta say, Absolutely. Did it gotta, sort of trend? Yes, it did. Yes. I got to uh, say, this song got my dick sucked when I was yeah. a wee lad. Well, there um, you go. I, mean, I was, I was dating this chick. And she took piano lessons. Uh, she was a couple years older than me. I think I was 15. She might have been 16, 17. You know, close to 17, if not 17. We were at a church youth group type thing. That's why I think religion is such bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> she gets on the piano and she starts playing this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Well, she's a big Tommy Lee fan. You know, Love Motley Crue played it and. For whatever reason, she decided she needed to take me into the other room and make me a happy guy. So I'm always going to have a soft spot for Home Sweet Home. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and the youth group. Praise uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Home Sweet Home, uh, like I said, it's not a bad song. I, I could be a dick and, and play revisionist history and go, oh, I fucking hated it. Or I didn't like it then. I don't, but I can't. I can't hate on this song for what it was. Because here's the difference, I think, from Home Sweet Home and even some of the ballads Ozzy did early in his career or with Sabbath. To me, those were ballads that were from the fucking heart. This was from the heart. Right. After that, you had a bunch of bands that were like, oh, okay, guys, we got to fucking ride our Home Sweet Home. We have to have that power ballad. Because having that power ballad, it added at least another couple of mil to your fucking sales. Let's just be oh, real yeah. about it. It did. Oh, yeah. Um, Another reason why I don't you think you were bringing Rat, the girls in. You know, because let's be honest, Rat didn't really have a power battle ballad. When they did, it was fucking god-awful, but we'll get to that. <laughs> All right? Because that was fucking Desmond fucking Child's influence. Don't even get me fucking started on that guy. But, um, uh, you know, um, moving on. Tonight, yeah, we need a lover. Love that song. Fuck yeah. Fucking love it. That's, that's Motley Crue. We that's a rocker. You goddamn right it is. Use it or lose it. Honestly, I'm kind of have a hard time even remembering what that song even sounds like. So to me, filler. And that's what my problem with Motley Crue is for a lot of their shit. One or two, maybe three good songs per album and a lot of fucking filler. A lot of forgettable fucking pappy bullshit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sorry, folks, but that's just how I feel about it. Boy, you're not going to like talking about the next record then. <laughs> um, then we got Save Our Souls. Oh, All right. Tune. All right. Here That's some shout-out-the-devil type shit. Is it? Is it really? 
You it starts off that it. way. I like that opening <laughs> riff. I lo- Dude, I'm a Sabbath fan. I love that opening riff. I'm like, oh, yeah. Fucking slow, sludgy, doomy. I'm like, okay, I can get it. But they lose me with the goddamn vocals what the fuck man what the fuck is this the motley crew hymnal hour get the fuck out of here with that man jesus christ but then you got number nine raise your hands to rock good fucking song i've always liked this song always man even from the acoustical intro it's just a good sounds to me very fucking 70s um hard rock anthem um i i've always liked this song raise your hands to rock rock you know it's got the anthemic very anthemic very anthemic uh fight for your rights again um honestly can't couldn't even not a a huge fan of that one um so yeah that's my it's it's not a it's not a perfect record so let me so really to be fair it's a 10 track album there are three, if you count, actually, Home Sweet Home, four songs I like on the album. That's almost half the record. So not a total disaster for me, right. but a huge disappointment and step down from Shout at the Devil and Too Fast for Love for Metal Mike in his timeline when this record came out. That, that's was, fair. That's fair because I get it. I really Right, do. because of my timeline. Where a guy like you, you're young, you're already getting into that kind of stuff. So this sounds just like that to you. You're like, well, it's the same thing, kind of. Right, but you also have to understand that I went backwards because by the time I heard Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls was out. That's Fair when enough. I found Motley Crue that I had to go backwards. Okay. And I, and I, and I kind of dug all their shit. So rat, now we go to thing. Rat. Dancing yeah, Undercover. All right. Let's see. What do I know of this? Yeah. I like Slip of the Lip. I like Body Talk. And Enough is Enough. That's it. No, Dance is good. I don't think it's a great album. But I like four songs. Well, if I could, like, get my fucking computer to act right. (laughs) Track one, Dance. I knew I should have grabbed my goddamn CDs. Right. Track one, Dance. Track two, One Good Lover. Drive Me Crazy. Slip of the Lip. Body talk, looking for love. Seventh okay, Avenue. I'm, I'm there. Yeah, dance. Good opening track. Not a bad track. It's not my favorite song on the album. Probably one of my least favorite favorite songs on the album. One good lover, drive me crazy. I like that. Love slip of the lip. Love body talk. Oh, yeah. uh, to me, it's side two that I really like a lot. Like looking for love. Seventh Avenue. It's got that fucking dun dun. You know, like that. You know, you could walk down the street to it. Um, it doesn't matter. Love that song as a kid. I don't know why that song just spoke to me. Like it doesn't matter what you, you know. You know what it doesn't. You know what it doesn't matter. Um, what you wear and how you. You know, like it doesn't matter. Like people want to make fun of how you look and what you're into. Yeah, fuck them. It doesn't matter. Take a chance. Not bad. Enough is enough. This is definitely a step down from the first two albums. I will not deny that. But I right. still liked it. I bought this album. Same time I was buying, like, Master Puppets and kind of getting in the thrash metal scene at this point in the time in my life. But I still liked this record, especially a song like uh, uh, Body Talk, very heavy song. Um, I think this is a good record, but it is definitely... There's some filler here. Some of it I think is good filler or killer filler, but definitely filler. It's definitely, um, and I think it was certified platinum. It, it sold a million copies. Again, not too shabby, not too shabby. No, not I mean, anytime you have a platinum selling album, I think it's a good thing. It's kind of, it's just weird because again, 
look at it this way. Like everybody looks at Mot or Quiet Rights Condition Critical as a failure in a record, but I'm like that album sold like two or two and a half million copies. That's yes. not a failure. Did it sell four million like the first record? No. Is it a step down? Yeah, but I don't think that's a bad record at all. But that's a whole other story, whole other episode. Right. For me, um, I, I do like this record. Um but it is definitely a step down. I can't. I can't sit there and go. Oh well, this is just as good as Invasion and 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 Out of the Cellar. No, Rat unfortunately kind of went on to de a decline too. To me, it's right. like you you can't you can't deny that. You can't sit there and go. Oh yeah, well you know. But I do really like this record. I don't know. There's something about it. As I said, I bought it. Maybe it was timeline. I dig it. I dig this record. Yeah, I'm I'm very iffy on it. Yeah, uh, this record. Uh, my stepdad explained it this way. And it makes perfect sense. Uh, not a theater of pain fan. He's like, that's what Motley Crue lost it. This girls, girls, girls. He said is when they're starting to get it back. And then he said, Doctor Feelgood, they're back. That was the way he looked at Motley Crue. He he held Feelgood in the same did. regard as Shout. But this album, dude, this is one of my favorite Motley Crue records. A lot of people love this record. A lot you know, of people I, love this record. I think it's solid. I, I, I know there's people that rag on this record. But Wild Side, that's everybody's favorite. Whether you hate this record or not, everybody loves Wild Side. And for good reason. I think Girls is fucking amazing. <laughs> I think it's a perfect sleazy fucking rock song. I think Dancing on Glasses as well. Bad Boy Boogie's a little weird. Nona, take that out of there. Five Years Dead is good. All in the name of is one of my favorites. Something for Nothing, that cracks me up. Because it's, again, it, it, it's still Panther. They're almost saying it, but they're not. But in and out is never free. You know what they're talking about. Uh, Your All I Need is a great fucking ballad. And they're a uh, live version of Jailhouse Rock, man. Taking it to Elvis. They already took it to the Beatles. Now they take it to Elvis, put the cover on the album. I think it's fucking great. It totally blows away fucking rat. Blows it out of the water. <sighs> oh, opening tracks alone, it blows it out of the water. Wild Side's a great tune. I love that song. That's about it. For me, I'm, I'm sorry. Girls, girls, girls. Okay, at the time, the video was cool. But dancing on glass. I'm like, really? Uh, what's this? What fucking Chinese shit? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Bad boy boogie. Nona, God. Five years dead. And why are they all happy about it? Like, was this somebody they hated that died five years before and they're happy about it? Not really sure what that song's about. And it's, it's like really happy. It's like, da, 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 five years dead. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Which in a way I should like because it's kind of celebrating some evil shit. But I'm going, well, what are we celebrating here? Are you five years dead? Is somebody you hate five? I really need to read the lyrics to that song and try to figure out what the fuck Nikki's talking about there. Um, all in the name of, again, this record just didn't do a lot for me. I'm sorry. You're all I need. Not bad. It, and it's a very dark ballad, especially yeah. lyrically, if you hear what he's... I mean, it's basically about a dude killing his girlfriend. Yeah. And the video was even banned from MTV. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen the video. Very disturbing video. So, yeah, this was where... It's I ain't gonna lie, song. man. Um, I was kind of like, yeah. I wanted Motley to go back to fucking kicking my ass, and I got more of the same shit. Um, in my opinion, it was just more of like, um, I don't know about all this shit. Yeah, this record, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people love it. Um, I wish I could say I do. I fucking don't. Moving on. <laughs> That's fair. Next Red Album. 
Because I don't know the order. Another oh, there was one other thing about dancing undercover. I thought that the cover itself with the dudes on it, I didn't mind, but I think that should have been like the opening. Like if you had it on vinyl, that should have been the opening. Like you you open the record up or, or on the back cover. They should have had a hot chick. They should never have quit having hot chicks on their covers. You know, it, <laughs> it, it ruined their mojo, in my opinion. White um, snake stole her. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, but they could have other hot chicks. They didn't have to, you know, um, so, you know, but Tawny was on Warren, the first two. And Warren was going to get Bobby Brown, so. Um, you know, and you had, you had a, you had her on the first two. You had her, her legs with the rats hanging on the stockings. That's yeah. Tawny. And then Tawny, of course, is on the first out, uh, out of the cellar. But then they had Marianne Gravanti. I, I think they should have kept getting hot chicks for their covers. There's plenty of hot women out there. They could have found somebody. Because this fucking cover for this record is fucking awful. It makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. It's fucking retarded. Now, this is the last album pr- produced by Bo Hill. There's a few good songs on this record. But this is definitely, the wheels are falling off the Ratmobile big time around this point in time for me. Um, yeah. I, I I can't even, okay, Way Cool Junior's pretty cool bluesy song. Love I it. dig it. I Want a Woman, not bad. Even City to City, but the rest of it, I don't really remember. There's nothing on here where I'm like, yeah. Uh, lots of fucking filler on this record, in my opinion. Yeah, not uh, a good album at all. Uh, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I agree with you. Um, I like I Want a Woman, this is a good song. Way Cool Junior, you know me, I love the blues. I fucking love that song. That's like the standout track. Man, after that, <laughs> it's not good. No, it's it's it's, good. it's it's pretty rough, man. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, and oh, by the way, as far as success goes, at this point in time, the crew's just blowing rat out of the water. Most of their albums are fucking triple, quadruple platinum um, at this point in time. You know, where with rat, I don't even think uh, Detonator, or not Detonator, uh, which, oh, don't even give me a start on that record. I, I don't even know <laughs> if Reach for the Sky reached a million. Maybe it did. It might have maybe, went platinum. Maybe on the strength of uh, Way Cold Jr., because that was all over MTV. Yes, it was. It was but a- that's, that was like it. I don't remember yeah. seeing anything else from that record on MTV. No, no. There there wasn't any... Um, oh, uh, well, Motley Crue came out with their album. Which I'm pretty sure this is '89. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's '89. I'm going into high school, dude, and uh, I'm a freshman. And this, dude, this would hit for me. You know, I love girls <laughs> and a lot lie. of people, a lot of but fucking people, man. This they... album, it's like where people like shit on some of the songs. I'm like, are are you listening? Are you paying attention? Uh, the only song I don't like on this album is "Without You." I've yeah. always hated this song. And I love Time for Change. What bothers me is the enunciation. He's not saying without you. He's singing without you. And I don't know why that irritates me. But it's very, enough's enough, fly high, Michelle. I hate that. I hate everything about without you. Now, don't go away mad. I have to be in the mood to hear it. You know, because it was. I was playing a lot. But I like Rattlesnake Shake. I like Slice of Your Pie. She goes down. Hey, man. Vince agrees with me because when they came time to do this song, Vince you know, was talking to the crowd, doing his raps and shit, and he's like, this is my favorite song on the entire goddamn album. And then they hit him.
It's his favorite song, too. So if the lead singer's telling you it's the best song on the fucking record, you know it is. Sticky Sweet's funny, because I can just think about blasting load on a chick's face. Dude, I love this record. Take Out Without You, and it's flawless, if you ask me. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, yeah, uh, this is, and again, I know this is one of their most, there's a lot of people who believe this is their best album. I think those people are smoking crack. Um, <laughs> I remember hearing Dr. Feelgood, the title track, and going, whoa, it was so thick and so heavy. And I'm like, all right, man, the crew's back. You know, I saw the video. I'm like, cool. Buddy of mine gets the record, and he's like, hey, man, check this out. And I listened to it, and I'm like, Oh, slice of your pie, rattlesnake shake. Fucking hated it. Kickstart My Heart is the only song besides Feel Good that I like on this record. Without you, it's fucking. Same old. Same old. Fucking chicks. Kitty, kitty. kitty. I love that shit. Just total chick. You know, but just. Love it. Fucking campfire songs. What that is. Sticky Sweet. Whatever. I don't even fucking remember that song. She goes down. Okay. Don't go away, mad. Just go away. Yeah. Ugh. Leave me alone, bitch. Jesus. Too happy. Too fucking happy. This album's way too happy. I don't know if it's because Nikki got cleaned up and quit Bane and heroin. What the fuck was? Dude, I think that's exactly what it is. They're in a good mood. Musically, they're the best they've ever been. Since Shout, musically, they're they're just, dude, they're firing all cylinders. Nick, oh my God. Can we talk about the guitar work Mick does on this fucking record? Holy hell. And Nicky shows finally that he can really play the bass because that bass slide and don't go away mad. That's not a simple ride in the E string bass slide. He's all over the fucking neck. Dude, it's great. Great. Blows out fucking rat. Done. Dude, the show's over. This is it right there. <laughs> okay. Um, again, man. It, it, at this point, because now you're going into detonator territory, I'm almost going to be on your side at this point because this fucking album blows. Chris Sinzak, I love you, but this record sucks, man. Desmond fucking child, really, really. Bring somebody out there, anybody listen, bring me the head of Desmond Child. I'm sick of this fucker ruining bands I love. He sucks. He's terrible. Go back to producing shit for Bon Jovi, Desmond. That's more your speed. Uh, leave Rat alone. Leave Kiss alone. <laughs> Fuck, man. I'm intro uh. to shame. Okay, right there. Intro to shame. Yeah. Yeah. Shame, shame, shame. That should have been the name of this fucking record. This fucking <laughs> album sucks, man. Loving You's a dirty job. Ugh. I don't like this record at all, man. This is where... Um, they started sounding like the bands that were fucking copying them, them. I fucking hate this record, man. This sucks. And it was all over after this, man, for Rat. Because then after that, you know, so... But, you know, to me, it's, this is all... Every every release after this is a downhill slide. I know people are going to throw 94. I'll talk about that, but it's hard for me to... That's not Motley Crue. I'm sorry it's not Motley Crue. It might have Motley Crue's name on it, but it is not the same band. It doesn't even sound like Motley Crue at all. 
Uh, and, and, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Okay. I was going to say, you know, we got to stipulate here. Uh, this, uh, but what is this? Detonator? Yeah. Detonator. Yeah. Aptly named because it detonated their fucking career. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, fuck, man. Shame, shame, shame. Love and use a dirty job. Hard time. Heads I win, tells you lose. Giving yourself away. Oh, I don't Dude, like this is... where this is headed. <laughs> this has this got is... more good on it than bad. See, this is where... <laughs> oh, my... See, again, wheelhouse. Yeah. Fucking yeah. timeline, folks. See what I'm talking about? Yeah, he likes this shit because it sounds like fucking all the other... Sure, it's Bands crazy nights. Yeah. It's oh, fucking good poison. God. It's Bon Jovi. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, God. It's, it's pretty God. good. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of you know dig what? this how many, record. How, how many I think it's way better than the last one. I guess. Because <laughs> this, all of a sudden, rats back on the radio. They're back on MTV. What happened? You only saw Way Cold Jr. Then, boom, they're all over the place again. Now, what happened to them after that? I don't know. Because well, really, my rat knowledge ends here. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I have infestation. Uh, and then you just got like some greatest hits records, and that's it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what detonator certified, like how, how many copies were sold. You know, because I am curious. Um, right. Ooh, 500,000. It went gold. Detonator? Yeah. yeah. So. Their previous album, Reach for the Sky, went platinum. It was met with criticism regarding, regarding the quality of their songs and attempt to regain the popularity that Rat had. In the mid-1980s, the band parted ways with longtime producer Bo Hill, songwriter Desmond Child, and personal sound <laughs> engineer Arthur Payton were hired as producers for the album. The album is notable for returning Rat, for featuring Rat's only power ballad, Giving Yourself Away. <laughs> the band also gravitated towards a more glam metal pop metal sound on detonator yeah they started sounding like the bands that were copying them um let's see here and then i think reach for the sky might have broke platinum oh they did it did make platinum so they went right. you know yeah but it was definitely this is the beginning this is the end for me for rat until less infestation i have to be honest um i didn't really pay attention i know they did an album that was very grunge like like yeah. all the glam metal bands did, except for your beloved Poison. I'll give them that. I will mm. give Poison their due. They didn't go, well, hey, guys, we got to fight. They were just like, no, that would be us kind of selling out. And Yeah, this is what we do. We're the party rock band. Now, we got serious. I mean, come on. When they released that video for uh, Stand, you know, to have the, uh, what is it? It was Compton or something. L.A. It was an L.A. choir singing behind them. You know, bringing that man in the recording sessions as such, it was during the L.A. riots. That was huge because it was an all-black gospel choir. You know, so that was that was pretty badass. They they definitely didn't go, they didn't go to the route of yeah, we're going to switch. They didn't pull a Kiss or a Crew or a virtually every other band. You know, Motley, like I said, Poison was the only band that was like I remember Ricky Rocket saying that in that Sam Dunn's excellent documentary series Metal Evolution on the episode of Glam Metal. He was like. For him, he said it would have been disingenuous doing a record like that. That you know he right. couldn't, you know. And I had to go. You know what? I respect you for that, Ricky. I respect you that for that. Where Motley Crue and 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 Rat and so many others, they did. Oh well, fuck. We gotta you know go this way because that's what's popular. And it it 
sometimes it can work out for bands and other times it don't. And I definitely think in the case of Motley Crue, it did not. But before we get to that. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> it, it didn't. Dude. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the upcoming. I said before we get to that, because to me, where Motley Crue really, I know some people might go, oh, well, they tried to go that direction with John Karabi. Yeah, you could make that argument. But let's be honest. Like I said before, this is an anomaly. This is not a fucking Motley Crue record. <laughs> it's not. It's not, you know. For sure one thing, no, it's not. Because for one thing, it's not solely almost written by Nikki Six. John Karabi almost writes all the, co-writes all the songs on this. That makes it different right there. It's just a different, I mean, I, they even said, talked about changing the name of the band. I think they should have. It's not Motley Crue. Um, it's just not. Now, am I saying it's bad? By no means am I saying it's bad. I think this is probably the best thing that Mick and Tom and, and Nikki had done since Shout at the Devil. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's not, a good record. Not, I know it was I... well-received at the time, and I have to be honest, when it came out, I totally ignored this record. By that oh. time, I was so done with Motley Crue, I didn't give a fuck, man. I was like, I was all about fucking thrash metal and other bands that were, you know, what is this, 90-fucking-four? I'm into Pantera at this point. I'm listening to Fear Factory and Typo Negative and Sepultura and Machine Head and, you know, shit like that. I'm listening to fucking uh, Wrong. I'm listening to you know that stuff. I'm not listening crowbar, okay? Uh, corrosive uh, conformity. I'm not listening to fucking Motley Crue. I mean, I was like, whatever. I don't care. So see, I '94. Just- I'm still rocking fucking feel good. You know, especially because oh, Vince gets fired. It's in all the you know the 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 metal news mags that were out. You know, mm-hmm. back then, and then they. Team up with this guy, John Karabi from The Scream. And I I have no idea. To this day, I've never heard The Scream. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck they are. And I'm like, oh, he boy, they don't even look like Motley anymore. They're getting happy. But they don't really look grungy, but they definitely look dirty. You know, uh, maybe a little grungy. Nikki had cut his hair short. Tommy had brought his hair down. But Mick always looked like Mick. Karabi, I thought, looked like the dude from like, I don't know. They sing the Bubble, Bumblebee song. Just look like that. Look almost like a hit. Oh, uh, uh, you're talking about, um, oh my God, I actually have a few of their albums. Blind Melon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't like them. Okay. But, uh, so I thought it was a weird look, but I was so excited for a new Motley Crue album, and I was like, what is this going to sound like? Because there's no Vince. And I did know that this guy, Karabi, plays guitar, because they had said it in several interviews, you know? And dude, I get this album. Mind fuck. <laughs> I was like, this is heavy as fuck. This this is heavier than shout. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Now you have a twin guitar attack, and again, you know me. Yeah, this this album, I think it's fucking killer. I wish it would have stayed this way. Call yourself you know, Motley Crue the rest of your life. Stick with I, I think they would have Bush if it had been successful. Unfortunately, it, it you know, um, it just... And Crue Tar, I mean, it's, it's gotta be Vince. Well, yeah, yeah, and then you had people Which like I me get. who didn't really give it a chance because I was like, done, just done, don't care. And yeah, also, I, I took Vince at his word because the way he was talking, the shit they were getting ready to record or want to do, he didn't feel was up to snuff, so to speak. And I'm like, oh, that must be really bad. It must be like some Paula Abdul kind of shit. I don't know what the fuck.
you know, so. Which is uh, funny, because if you listen to his first solo album, it sounds exactly, it makes perfect sense from Dr. Feelgood. It's a great album. Steve, Steve is on guitar. It fucking shreds. Lot, I know a lot of crew it's fans. It's amazing. love Vince's solo stuff. There's, there's a lot of crew fans that I know feel that, fuck, I wish Vince would have just kept doing the solo thing and crew would have kept doing what they were doing with Karabi because they felt like, uh, I guess I did, when Ozzy left Sabbath. I mean, you had what? Blizzard and Diary, and then with with Tony Iommi and those guys, you get fucking Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. I mean, as, yeah. as music fans, we won, didn't we? So I can understand, exactly. especially for the crew fans, the hardcore crew fans, why they would feel that way. Um, I think this album is a lot more... Uh, I would be really interested to hear what the sales figures are for this record now, because it seems like this record gets an awful lot of love from, and I'm going, well, where were all you people when Motley needed you? You know, like, now granted, I, I, I own I own it. I, I didn't, excuse me, I was, I tuned out at this point. It wasn't until oh. a friend of mine was like, dude, you really need to listen to this record. And because we live in the age of the internet, I'm like, all right, man, I'll check it out. And I, I gotta say, it's, 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 it's a really good record. It's very heavy. Um, you know, I don't know what they should have fucking called it. To me, though, I'm like, well, it is. They are a different band. You can call they, it Motley. They Crew are, if but you there want are it. definite Motley Crew moments in this record. Um, you can call it Motley Crew if you want, you know. But uh, this is the fucking John Karabi, Nikki Six band. Let's just be honest, okay? It's <laughs> not. I don't know what they would have called it, or what they could have called themselves, or what they. You know, I know. I do know they had talked about. Um, changing the name like they really did but again i also know how the music business is your promoters your 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 manager brand notification who has their fingers in that pie want yeah and it is it's it, by that point in time you're you're not a band anymore you're a brand yeah but yeah, Robbie absolutely. did say in our friends the decibel geeks podcast when they did that excellent albums unleashed on this album he said that later the record company's like yeah we should have changed the name of the that group and we shouldn't have because they feel like in the long run it did hurt it because you had a bunch of people like me that wouldn't even give it a chance because i was at that point just fucking done with crew i'm like right. you know for for me and again i'm just talking for me i understand a lot of people love motley crew hey i know i'm in the minority ladies and gentlemen i know that and maybe it's just because of timeline and those first three red albums four red albums mean as much as they mean to me because even I can't deny that Rat went and hit the skids too. I'm just like, ugh, you know, like, yeah. I mean, for I, I, Molly Cruz, a beloved band. I mean, out of all the glam metal, Sunset Strip glam metal bands, because you know, some people are like, well, what about Twisted Sister, motherfucker? Or what about? Hey, I'm talking about Sunset Strip, guys. I'm not talking yeah, yeah. about the entire fucking metal scene or glam metal scene or whatever. You know, I'm not talking about metal overall. I'm talking about the Sunset Strip. Motley Crue are by far the biggest band from that scene. You can't argue with that, man. They still fill stadiums and chants. How? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Especially with Vince just mailing it in. And I want to say something. I am a Crue fan, folks. I may not sound like it, but I am. I love those first two records. And I'll tell you what, it, it breaks my heart to see Vince the way he is. And I'll tell you why. That man's suffering from a broken fucking heart. That's what, you know, people go, oh, what's wrong with Vince? Why do you, he, he let himself go because he lost his baby girl, okay? And he's never been the fucking same since. That guy. I, I would not disagree. When he does die, and I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if he ended up dead. 
the way he treat, takes care of himself, and, and he's so bloated and so fucking, I mean, he's a full-blown alcoholic, you know, like, he just went, he was already a heavy drinker before, but when that little girl died, he looks god-awful, he just, I mean, he, he, he sings, he don't even say the words, like, that video I posted for you, I'm like, well, this is fucking Exhibit A right here. Fuck. This is bad as Steven sometimes mails it in. At least I can understand what the fuck he's saying. Vince is just a hot mess at this point in time. And and I don't mean that in a cruel way. I'm not putting the guy down. I understand that he's he's suffering from a broken heart. That's what's Yeah, wrong. I don't think he's ever gotten over it. And, and no, it makes sense because I couldn't imagine yeah! doing that. That's his baby girl, and he lost her at such a young age. Losing a child, anyway, is the worst. I think for right. any who's a parent, you know, I, I can, I'm yeah, not, I can only imagine. But I, I, I still, no parent, <laughs> no parent should ever have to bury their children. It's right. just fucked up when that happens. So, you know, you know, I just want to throw that out there. I'm not bashing on Vince. I mean, I am, but I'm not. I'm not, you know. But you know, it's like because there was a video I saw of Vince. It was from a few years ago where he, yeah, he had gotten thicker and he had gotten bigger, but he still looked like himself. I mean, these days, man, it's like it's like fucking Ralph says, oh, you know, he's fucking, he's back there eating a bucket of chicken. I don't know what he's doing. I know he don't <laughs> give a fuck anymore, and you know, right. I I understand. I you know, um, and it is weird because uh, people will still pay to see it. I know. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I keep hoping. Like, what I, the fuck I'll, do you expect at this point? In the age of the internet, if you don't know what you're going to get with Vince Neal Vince by now, you need to just fucking stop. Well, well, here's the thing. is The video you posted was from like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I've seen video a little more recently where it's not bad. Is it the Us Festival? No. And even that, nah, he was pretty good there. Oh, oh, dude, the Us Festival, I think that's when crew are at the top of their game, dude. Yeah. Is a live act? Fuck. But he sounds better. No, there's videos I've seen from this same recent timeline where it's like, ooh, that there's an off night. And he seems to have lost weight. We'll see. Like I said, I would go to Charlotte to see Poison, but with the ticket prices, is that Poison worthy? Because I don't really care about Joan Jett, whatever. I got her greatest hits, and that's what I know about her. So she could play deep cuts, and I'd be one of those guys in the crowd like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, Def Leppard, I've seen so much. Are they good? Yeah. Dude, they sound exactly the way they sound on the record. <laughs> They're fucking good. Again, yeah. I don't care about Def Leppard after fucking Pyromania. I'm a, I'm a tin-armed Def Leppard guy. Sorry, Rick Allen, but I can't. I, yeah, Hysteria, that's where they lost me. <laughs> I love that record. I know a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I understand. Yeah. You know. So, you know, here's what I think. I think this is the end because after Power to the, or Power to the Music, after the 94 album, I like Generation Swine. I like uh, New Tattoo or whatever it's called. Um, I have never heard Saints of Los Angeles in its entirety. I like the song. I have the album. Never heard it. They released a slew of fucking greatest hits albums. Uh, Rat really didn't do much of anything either. <laughs> You know. Oh well, the Rat self-titled album, which I, I, you know, which also fans call 1999, because like, yeah. to be honest, you already had a fucking EP by the same name, guys. Right. Really creative there, Steve. This album sucks. It's them trying to be fucking, you know. I mean, it's it's okay. It's not bad, but it's not Rat. You know. Let's be honest. The last now Infestation. I thought that was a fantastic record. Love it. Love Infestation. It sounds like Rat to me. 
Like I Fair. was like, wow. Wow. I, 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 I've never heard it, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it and prep for that. You, I think you'd like it, Bushy. I really do. I know you're not as big a rat guy as I am, but I do because it, it sounds like fucking rat. You know, you listen to it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. What's really interesting is John Karabi actually did Tours of Duty with both bands. Nice. Um, yeah, he was in Rat for a while, believe it or not. Yeah, he's a have gun, will travel kind of guy. You know, yeah. uh, when I saw the Dead Daisies, it was with that Australian lead singer. Uh-huh. You know, so I didn't get to see Karabi then. I did see him perform with Union very briefly. Uh, you get a bunch of rednecks because the part of New York I lived in, once you got outside that little city, dude, it's rednecks everywhere. And right on. The same no matter where you go. It was a whole day of cover bands. You know, progressively they got better. The band that was uh, playing before Union, I cannot remember this guy's name because he didn't even name his band. Dude, he could cover Queensryche. He, you know, he was doing Jeff Tate, and I mean, well, six hours of this. You have all these cover bands waiting for Union to get on. Bunch of rednecks drinking, and they were allowing glass bottles. A fight broke out, and Karabi stopped the show. He's what Union's three or four songs in, man, and I'm stoked because I'm there to see Bruce Kulick. I'm there to see fucking John Karabi from Motley Crue. That's how I know Karabi. Karabi from right. Motley Crue. Right. He stops and says, you guys are hurting each other. If you keep fighting, we're, we're going to have to leave. So, you know, please stop. They break into their next song. A beer bottle flies by Karabi's head. He fucking turns off his guitar, says, thank you, good night. And they fucking run off a stage in the cars, haul ass. Whoa. <laughs> out, of the, out, out, of the, out, out of the racetrack. Is that a racetrack? Evan Mills uh, Speedway. Hauled ass out. Show fucking over. <laughs> And it sucks. I only got to see like four or five songs. But what I saw, they killed. All right. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, Infestation, great album. Uh, everything leading up to that pretty much sucks. Motley Crue, uh, Generation Swine is fucking awful as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I like more of it than I care to admit. Really? You are a fan then. Uh, glitter, fucking terrible. That's a love, terrible See, song. love glitter. <laughs> fucking terrible, man. This, this, love it. Great. Oh, good God. Afraid. Flush. That's what they should have called this name, album. Um, <laughs> you know, fucking terrible. Uh, let's see. I, I'm going through here. Oh, God. New Tattoo. Um, first band on the moon. I love the fact that now when something fucking is bad, with when Ralph and Ian say something's bad, they always use this song as the comparison to what's truly god-awful. I, I do not disagree. This is some first band on the moon kind of shit. I actually played this song for yeah. my brother, Dave, you know, a.k.a. Scapegoat. Yeah, fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> just fucking. And then they got the whole music to crash your car to. Uh, no, hold on. We, let's, let's go That's back to the tattoo for a minute. because. And, and then you got. <laughs> no, yeah, hold on. I, I need to take umbrage with like, some of this. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> New uh, tattoo. This is the album that was so bad it gave Randy Castillo cancer and he died. I'm with Ian on that. It's fucking terrible, dude. Dude, Hell on High Heels is great. Treat me like the dog I am. Oh, God. New tattoo and drag strip superstar I don't like. First band on the moon I don't like. Uh, Shadid's rock and roll is okay. <sighs> Punch to the teeth. <laughs> I love. It, okay, that's bad. Hollywood ending. Sorry, I like. Fake. That's appropriate. That's an Love appropriate fake. title. Fake. Love fake. fake. Yeah, Motley Crue. Fake. 
posers. Oh, we're all badass without the devil. Now we got the city boy blues. Whatever. No, I like white punks on dope. And I love Porto Star, and I'll tell you why. I love na na nas, dude. I don't know what it is. Journey, loving, touching, squeezing. Anytime you get a na na na, dude, that's my shit. Na 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 na. I'm in love with the Porto. You love it. And I am a big new tattoo fan. I, I miss the drums. I don't like the drums on it. And Castillo, he's a he's a competent drummer. And the interesting thing about like this, I've noticed that at this point, Cruz using a lot of outside writers with uh, Saints of Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Not a fan of this either, you know. But by this point, I'm completely checked out. I just don't care. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I like Motley Crue for nostalgia's sake. Uh, I think New Tattoo was the last album that I really listened to. If I'm being honest, Saints. Like I said, I know the song and I love the song. I absolutely and, love that fucking and, song. And, and the I, music to crash your car too. I don't. I've never listened to it. I got them both, volume one and two. Now, decade of decadence, I did like the eighty one ninety one album between uh, uh, feel good and uh, the ninety four album. I like Angela. I like uh, the song from the Ford Fairlane movie. You know, there there was a couple new songs on that entirely compilation album. There's like two or three, uh, two or three unrecorded songs or unreleased songs, whatever. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, Motley Crue, they, they lost me too. New Tattoos where it ends for me. Okay. Saints, Saints of Los Angeles, at some point, I've got to go and listen and, to. And I do want to say, for me, for both bands, it's more of a nostalgia thing too, dude. I You know, even yeah. Brad. Now, I, I did love Infestation. I did. I was like, okay, if this is the last rec, rat record, way, what a way to end. Because, I mean, even the reviews for it, like um, and Steven said in an interview, he said of infestation, infestation, we wanted this to be like something that we had, would have written after out of the cellar, you know, um, right in that invasion of your privacy period. We definitely went back to basics with the mindset of a band with a lot of excitement and some great songs to get out. And Warren D. Martini said it really exceeded our expectations. Conceptually, we kind of wanted to revisit the period of out of the cellar and invasion of your privacy. We were sort of loosely trying to shoot for something that could fit between those two records. We were looking nice. for more up-tempo t- ideas and double leads that, of course, our late, great Robin Crosby and I started doing back in 1983. And that's why I like this record. It's, if you get a chance, Bushy, you should check it out. It's really good, man. I'll check it out. I mean, I'll I mean, check it out Ralph right after this show. Like, Ralph and Ian like it. So there there you go right right there. So oh, no. Fuck those guys. I'm not. Nope. No, I ain't listening to it now. Oh, damn, dude. <laughs> nah, I'm playing, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think we know where we stand on this. You're rat. I'm crew. But there's yes. definitely a lot of respect across the board. Um, well, sure. I, yeah, I mean, I give a little more love than you do because you hate glammy sound as shit. That's why you don't get back to radical infestation. <laughs> you just check the check, uh, yeah, check yeah, the fuck yeah, out on Molly Crew. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> right. And I mean, I I wish. And like I said, I I know we didn't really go into detail on '94, folks. And it's not that I don't think that's a good record. It's a great record. It is a great record, and yes, it is technically a crew record because it has the name Motley Crue, but to me, I'm like, again, it's like, well, that's kind of an anomaly because it's not really, when I'm talking about Motley Crue, and it's not like I'm a crew tart or anything, I don't mean it like that, it's just more of a, when I think of Motley Crue, I think of Motley Crue, not Karabi Crue, because that's really what that is, it's, it's, it's not 
but that doesn't mean it's bad. You know, I'm not putting. I know, it down. and that's funny. That's you know, that's funny. I mean, the way you look at Motley Crue and you know Motley Karabi, because I always thought of Karabi as Karabi for Motley Crue. <laughs> Well, there you, you go. Know? I mean, and, and, and in a so, way it was, because let's be honest. Even though he only did one album. That's how good that record is. He did one album with the band, and I say Karabi from Motley Crue. Before and, I say Union, before I say Dead I Days, had heard there was a while where they were toying with the idea of keeping Karabi in the band with Vince. And I'm like, well, that would have been interesting to hear what that would have been like or what that would have sounded like. It's a know? very interesting concept. I don't know if it would have worked. At the same time, I've seen pictures on Vince's Instagram of him with John Karabi. Right. Yeah. From one, like, I think his no... issues with I think his issues with Nikki and fucking Tommy. No, I don't think he. Has I don't think it's with Nick, him. and I don't think it's with fucking Karabi. Yeah, I don't think he has any issues with uh, with uh, uh, John at all. Yeah, because and... the the picture didn't look like they were faking it. If no, that makes any no, sense. no. Even though they were posing, it didn't look like they were faking it. Yeah, they. Uh, I, you know. All he did was just take the gig. He didn't kick you out of the van. He had nothing yeah. to do with any of yeah, that. Yeah, he was just know? getting paid. And, uh, you know. It's not like when Steel Dragon fired their damn uh, lead vocalist while the guy is there getting ready to audition for him and he has to witness all that. Yeah, that's fucking brutal right there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, but the, the one thing, though, that I was going to say, though. <laughs> and I was just a, a queen. Yeah, right, right. Um, it's just one of those things, though, I think, with uh, with the crew and everything and, and like that. Karabi, though, I mean, yeah, he had the scream or whatever, but he was not a household name. I mean, no. being part of that. He it, was virtually it, unknown to me. It, it, it did help him, I think, have more longevity in his career. If that makes sense, I mean, you know, because being a part of Motley Crue did, you know, but it would have been interesting because other bands have done it. I mean, look at Iron Maiden, you know, they got the guitar player that took over for, what's it, Adrian Smith, I think, for a while. Oh, yeah, 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 Yannick Gers. And then they, when Adrian came back, they kept Yannick, you know, they didn't get yeah. rid of him, you know, so, and, and Halloween are notorious for shit like that, where now that yeah, the well, latest Halloween album they got, they've got the previous guys from the previous lineup playing with the dudes they still have. They've got two vocalists now instead of just one. That is See, that's insane awesome. to me, man. I, I love cool. loyalty like that, though. Loyalty like that doesn't exist. I mean, Motley Crue, let's, let's, let's be honest. There's no loyalty there at all. No. They come together and play these songs because there's a money-making opportunity. Yeah. I think Nicky loves the fact that he can do it. I really do. I, I really believe Nicky likes to be on stage. And I like 6 a.m. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, Vince, I know he loves performing. And I know he'll make more money performing with Motley than he will Vince Neil solo. Even though, Even though it's he's from, got a killer band. From what I understand, he gets paid a pretty hefty sum for these solo appearances, too. I'm sure. And he's going to make that much more with Motley. Yeah. Mick, he's probably miserable as fuck. Well, yeah. If I had to think, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> fuck. Ankylosis Maybe I'll die before we actually do the show. And Tommy Lee, we already know he doesn't like playing Motley songs, but he likes money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he likes being... Like everyone says, Nikki Six has always got to be in a spotlight. Tommy is such... He's so much more a subtle little bitch about being in the spotlight. <laughs> he doesn't make it obvious like Nikki. Tommy's always got to be relevant. I follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and so he'll say something provocative, and then he'll show some weird videos. And I, th I just think he's more subtle. I think both bands, frankly, are dead. They are. 
You know, they're, well, I mean, they're even Steve, well, right now, Stephen Piercy's having, he's suffering from liver cancer, and I don't know what his prognosis is or anything, but he said a while back that Real Rat died when Robin Crosby died, as far as he's concerned. Like, right. yeah, you know, I go and I tour with this band, and we perform this day. He goes, Rat died when Robin died, you know, and I agree. I agree yeah. with that, you know. I can and, feel that. And um, as far as Motley Crue, or uh, uh, Tommy Lee, Speaking of him, last night I was at my brother's and uh, I watched part of the um, Pam and uh, Tommy series. Holy sh- bushy, you've got to watch it. It is hilarious, dude. There is the scene. Uh, there I've is seen the first two episodes. Oh my god, dude! You gotta, you gotta get to the part where. Well, I don't want to give it away. It's so fucking <laughs> funny and over the top. You're gonna go. Uh, I think I know what you're shit. talking about. It's when he's talking to his dick. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I was like. I, I thought it was both hilarious and disturbing because I kept seeing this big old dick that I don't know if it's actual or if it's prosthetic or if it's CGI, but it's weird. Yeah, oh, I know it's the, the head mouth thing opening up and talking to him is definitely CGI, but it's like moving around. It, it was it's uncomfortable while it's hilarious. Yeah, but Karabi, Karabi. Speaking of that, Karabi in the news says that that shit's such bullshit. He's like, Tommy was never a dick to anybody. And then there's a guy from uh, Third Eye Blind, I think it is. You know, there's a big controversy with them taking over their studio. And this dude's like, dude, we were never in a studio with um, Molly Crew ever. Where there's any kind of conflict, ever. Right. (laughs) So apparently it's just a bunch of bullshit. But uh, I did watch the first couple episodes and I laughed hysterically. I still have to catch up. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode, man. For Uh, real. Real, I, it was a lot of fun, dude. I, I oh, enjoyed. Yeah. This could be a bitch to edit, as <laughs> usual. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I will be getting up uh, last week's episode or a week and a half's episode. I'll finally be getting that up today. Uh, at some point, I will get it up today. Uh, this one will come out next week. Um, I really don't have anything to promote. Uh, do you? No, I don't think so. Not this week. I was trying to look for something, but I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. So. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, Rocket Pod's been moved to 2023, probably April or May. So and you know what? I, you I am fucking fine with that, man. I am fine with that. I, I am so too, much crap but if it's going May, on this year. Dude, oh, yeah. If it's May, I'm scared because my daughter will be graduating next month. Yeah, I know. So I'll just <laughs> well, talk hopefully. to... Hopefully. Hopefully she will. <laughs> talk, talk to Sinzak about that. Be like, dude, please, whatever, you know... Well, yeah. Sinzak's also trying to plan maybe a podcast or get together. Yeah, I know. I saw for that. September. I saw that. Yeah. So I might try to get out there for that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, Metal Mike, final thoughts. Um, keep fighting a good fight and stay metal to your dying breath, motherfuckers, because you know I will. All right. Outstanding. I have to fire a couple shots today because I have found out I'm wrong. So I got to spend a, a send a special thanks and a fuck you. To uh, the Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden Taylor and uh, Lee Gersman, and their special guest, Aaron Camaro, as they reviewed an Enough's Enough album, I have come to a decision, to a conclusion in my life. Grunge didn't kill metal. Enough's Enough did. Bye, Vital. We'll see you next week. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. 
Cause now it's time to go But hey, I say, well that's okay Cause we'll see you very soon, I know Very soon, I know What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.